Hello and welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Kayla and each episode I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office, will be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. This week, we're joined by Heather McCutcheon, a former Dartmouth admissions reader, and Chris Coleman, a former admissions officer at many top schools, both of them parents, to talk about parenting during the admissions process. being with us today. Hi Kayla. Thanks for having us. Thanks. So I wanted to have you both on because both of you are admissions experts, former admissions officers and readers, but most importantly also parents. You've had children who have gone through the application process before uh, and I know it's a really stressful time for parents and students. So I saw, so I thought you guys were the perfect people to have on to kind of give advice as both parents and admissions experts. Sure. Absolutely. So, I first wanted to know, and I know this might be a bit different for both of you since you were admissions experts and you were probably thinking about this all the time, but for your students, when did you start thinking about the admissions process and trying to get them ready? Uh, so, I, I think we started thinking about the admissions process when our oldest was like two weeks old and somebody gave her <laughs> a Dartmouth diaper cover. Um, it's, you know, it's amazing how quickly families will start just saying, oh, I bet she'll go to your alma mater or, um, you know, kind of, I spent, I feel like I spent most of their childhood saying, really, you can go wherever you want. It's okay. Um, and of course, my, my youngest is currently a 10th grader, so I'm still saying that to him. <laughs> um, but I would say, you know, things really kicked into high gear right before high school, making those choices about what kinds of classes they would be in in high school, what track they would be on, how they'd be challenged in high school, um, because that really sets the stage for so much. Similar to Heather, um, we, my, my son's mom and I started thinking pretty much the day he was born. We're both former admission officers. Even more, similar to your oldest, my son went to the same college as grandfather and mother went. So we were also even thinking about it from that perspective. So it started very early. In fact, he grew up on Dartmouth's campus. So, oh, right. Because uh, his mom was running a program. So for us, we really started early on. It was something we were thinking about for a long time. So do you think there is a benefit to starting that early, pros and cons of that, or if there's kind of an ideal time, like this year of high school, this is when parents should really start getting serious about it? My suggestion is, for those of us who work in the business, it's natural that you would start early. But um, when I was working at Dartmouth, uh, my nieces would come to visit, and I started them in eighth grade taking tours as they're entering high school to say, hey, look, this is what your goal is, or this is what you're looking forward to when high school is done. Now's the time to think about this. I mean, my son went on tours with me when he was 11, 12 years old, we visited schools, but for my nieces, it worked out really well. I would agree with that. I think it's awesome if you can particularly expose them to college campuses early before the pressure's on, so that they don't feel like they are being watched or evaluated. Mm -hmm. They're just checking the place out. And I think um, the whole family benefits from doing that in a more casual way instead of the high pressure, you know, parents asking too many questions and kids feeling really stressed. And um, so I think starting, you know, in, in middle school when um, there's really no pressure yet and you just can kind of start to check it out and say, let's look 
see what's nearby. Um, I recommend, you know, if your kid has a particular interest, if they're interested in swimming, take them to some college swim meets early on. You know, my son's interested in theater. I told him, you know, okay, we're going to start going to see productions at all the colleges within a couple hours radius of us, which is a lot of colleges. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that'll be a great way for him to kind of see what's happening and um, groups of students that he potentially would be part of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And seeing it again in that casual environment secondary that is at the college but they see the range of what gets done right it's and amazing. not just through that admissions yeah. lens mm-hmm. yeah. you know able to see it as like a human being with you know preferences and interests and not just trying to evaluate and be evaluated yeah I know for me my whole family went to Michigan State so I grew up visiting the campus I ended up going to the rival University of Michigan, but it was really helpful as a kid to just go there, and I wasn't even thinking about where I'd go to college one day, and then eventually it did help me decide. Right, sure, you get a comfort level with mm-hmm. a campus, and, and just an understanding of what um, campuses are like, and I'm always surprised when we take like our, our kids' friends with us to go do something at campus, to go to a museum or to an exhibit. Um, the number of kids, even in high school, who have never really set foot on a college campus yes, before. Right. Right. Um, and it, it just, there's nothing like walking around and seeing what it's like for yourself to be able to begin to imagine what you want, um, see yourself in a certain setting. I just think that's really valuable. Yeah, definitely. And lastly, if I can add, make it a fun day. I always recommend going to lunch. Yes. Sit down over food and discuss. We're human beings. This is right. what we do. We eat, but allow it to be for fun. As Heather was saying, no pressure. Right. Just and that, yeah. try to go to eat somewhere where students eat, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Eat at the dining hall or the snack mm-hmm. bar or just a popular restaurant nearby so that maybe you see kids from the college there eating and you just get a sense of like the vibe in the mm-hmm. town. I think yeah. all of those kind of soft exposures super helpful yeah and it's really a building block for later then you can do the formal stuff but you already have that familiarity it's not really scary or stressful absolutely right right now once they're in high school i do recommend if they're if you're doing a visit even a casual visit make them like write some stuff down Mm -hmm. because they will forget you know where was it that we went to that diner and i really like that place (laughs) Uh, if they don't write it down at the time um, they won't remember. So once once the kids are in high school, I recommend just having them start like an online log. It can be on their phone, on the notes app. Just mm-hmm. each school they see, what they think, you know, Absolutely. what they eat, where they go. Just something that's going to jog their memory and remind them of what that experience was. And I also recommend when families pick up brochures, etc., when they're in high school, putting the public place in the house mm-hmm. so that everybody can come by and look at them casually. Yeah. One of the coolest things I saw. We were from boarding school, a family hosted a um, reception for us, and sitting on the island in the kitchen was a brochure from Stanford. Cool. And you saw people just walking, and even her parents, yeah. still looking through the brochure, yeah. because then everyone can visualize what this child wants to do. You get a lot of great support in terms of doing that. But this makes it a whole family experience, yeah. every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, think, I think that's the ideal way to do it, just have everybody on board and know pressure at the beginning you know pressure is inevitably a part of this by the time they're done so there's no need to ramp that up in the early years just you know just check stuff out take them to do fun things and um you know see see what's going on and then try to enjoy it yes yeah i think that's awesome advice um i probably should have asked this right at the beginning but just for context could you both tell me 
um, how many kids you have, and where they ended up going to school, just so everyone has context of what you're talking about with your experiences. Um, I have Bronco first because sure. I only have one. Um, he ended up going to Pomona College, whereas, again, his grandfather grew up out in mm-hmm. California. His mom went there. But his mother ran a master's program at Dartmouth, so he grew up on a college campus. Mm-hmm. And dad worked for the Arts Center, so he saw all kinds of things. But that's where he is. And he got an early decision, so we yeah. were done. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's really nice. So my oldest um, applied early decision to Dartmouth and got in. Uh, My second refused to apply early decision anywhere against all my advice (laughs) and expertise, Um, but did apply to Dartmouth and ended up deciding to go there as well. Um, My youngest, uh, as I said, can go wherever. (laughs) Uh, Really doesn't have a school list at the moment. You know, he's still... um, narrowing down his interests and trying to decide what kind of school he wants. Um, and, you know, we, we moved on to kind of looking at graduate schools as well. My oldest just graduated from um, Harvard School of Ed last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that parenting piece continues as <laughs> any time these big decisions come mm-hmm. up. Yeah, awesome. So speaking of 10th grade, um, so we talked about, you know, it's a really good idea to just do some campus visits really casually early. Um, what other things did you do or are you currently doing early in the high school years to kind of start preparing? Um, I've, I've got a running list of my kids' activities. Um, he does too, but I keep my own. I haven't shown it to him. <laughs> um, but I'm you know, pretty sure he's forgetting things that I think are interesting. So I keep a running list on my computer. Uh, you know, when he, if he has an interesting field trip, at school that really makes an impression on him. I write that down. I just kind of try to keep track of interesting experiences, things he does, places he goes, um, so that when he, you know, it's time to make these decisions, he can look back and um, look for trends in his interests and look for great anecdotes of things. Oh yeah, I remember that speaker really impressed me. That would be a good supplemental essay to write about when you have to choose, you know, a role model to write about for a mm-hmm. school, right? So um, that's something I recommend that all the students I work with start doing in ninth grade. Just just write it down. It doesn't have to have been the Nobel Prize for it to go on your list, right? Just write down the things that you do, um, you know, any performances or sporting events or, you know, if you sign yourself up for some kind of online webinar, you know, any of those things should go down on that list. You can decide later whether they're relevant to your application story or so that's definitely something you know we're doing, we do now, um, and then yeah, interesting anecdotes, things that happen. I will say like, oh, you know, write that down, like mm-hmm. that, you know, particularly some of the tricky ones. Like it's very hard for kids later to think of a failure, right? And some of the schools ask you to describe mm-hmm. a failure. So whenever there's a failure, I'm like, oh yes, <laughs> you know, write that down, like what you learned from that, and let's like. Let's remember that because if you need to write that essay, this would be a good topic. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm always kind of just thinking about possible topics and things that he should write down and consider. Um, so that's something I, you know, I keep going with all of them. I'm going to steal that from you. I never thought about that. Um, but in jumping on what Heather said, I'm going to take it one step further. Writing a resume um, to be able to show that. I'm finding, especially with one of my clients, a few months ago, I said, we really need a resume. He kept poo-pooing it. And in the last three weeks, 
he's needed two resumes. Mm-hmm. And having that information, yeah. so you know, Ingenious uses the master resume, which is a great depository, yeah. and then pulling a personal resume out of that helps students to remember what they've done and they can't forget it because it's already on paper. Oh, right. Yeah. And when you need a resume, you need it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's not always, you know, three months to, to work on it. Mm-hmm. So getting that started, I think, is so important. And uh, it's just a great skill, life skill mm-hmm. for them to start learning about now. Some of the other things I, I do with students, um, and some of it does tie into anecdotal information, is finding activities that they enjoy or activities that they've always thought about but just never we're a little nervous to get involved. Um, one, for example, I always recommend to students is that they're very talkative to be tour guides. Um, having worked at uh, boarding schools and kids I've worked with who were tour guides was the best preparation for the interview because mm-hmm. you only tour. You have to talk about yourself while you're walking. Right, um, backwards. And I've had students come back that recommended them doing that. And when they went to an interview, they would say, yeah, the interview was like giving a tour. But getting them involved in activities that they really like and what they like to do doesn't always have to be sports, but let them find their way. Um, so those are things I recommend for 10th graders is continuing to seek activity because that's what translates well into applications. Admission officers want to see a diversity of interest, diversity of skills, and they want to see how you fit in on their campus even mm-hmm. more. So I think sometimes that's something that we, that we forget when looking at the admissions process. Yeah, and then almost in the opposite direction of everything I've said. Um, in ninth and 10th grade, I think it's also time to kind of take stock of activities and decide which ones to let go mm-hmm. of, yeah. um, right? Because you want to go deep into a couple of activities. So with each of my kids around ninth or 10th grade, I would say, okay, so this activity that takes a lot of your time, are you going to do it for the next four years or let's quit now, mm-hmm. right? Like Girl Scouting, are you going to get the gold award? If you're not, let's <laughs> yeah. stop, right? Yeah. Cause it takes a lot of time. Um, they both got their gold award. <laughs> They're like, no, I can't stop. I was like, okay, then make a commitment. Then we're, you know, then you're going to go deep into this activity. Um, and then with each of them, there were things that stopped. You know, piano for my youngest. Um, both his sisters played all the way through high school, and it was taking up a lot of his time. And he said, Mom, it's you know, there's some other things I'd rather put my time into. I'd rather be dancing. I'd rather be. So you know, piano stopped in ninth grade for him. So I think making those decisions is really something where the parents can kind of step in and say, I'm gonna support your strongest interests, but let's make sure we know what those are. And not just blindly support every single interest um, because that's how kids get overwhelmed. Yeah, I think it definitely could be scary to quit something. I think a lot of parents think, oh, you need to do everything and you need to do like 10 different activities and but that's just gonna overwhelm the kid. It's okay to quit some of them. Right, and the other thing I have told both my own kids and the kids I work with, um, it's also okay not to be the star of every single thing you do, right? right? Some things, you may just be a solid member who really helps Mm -hmm. and not be the organizer of the marathon and the, like, you, it's okay not to be the president of every single club, right? Like choose the things that matter to you and go deep there, put your emphasis there. Um, but you know, for a lot of kids, they have so many activities that take up enormous amounts of time um, and they feel pressure to never miss a meeting and to always run for office and to, um, and I think making those choices and and for the parents to let the kids know that it's okay mm-hmm. that they're not letting you down somehow if they say you know i'm not gonna run for model un officer or whatever i'm gonna 
you know, I'm going to still participate, but I'm, I'm going to scale it back a little, you know, debate. I'm, I'm only going to do this, these two debates this year. I'm not going to go to every tournament. Um, you know, those are other kind of options. It's not all or nothing necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So then moving a bit forward into the last two years of high school, junior and senior year, um, I'm hoping we can talk about, you know, how parents can help their students in these years and also how involved they should actually be in the application process. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, um, I, always, I still think that 11th grade of high school is the toughest year of anybody's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I may change my mind in a couple of years, may hit a worse year, but so far I really have not hit a worse year than 11th grade of high school. Yeah, that's my worst year for <laughs> right? sure. Like your classes are incredibly difficult. Your grades mean more than they ever will. Um, you are trying to position yourself to be the president or the team captain or the exactly. lead in the play or whatever, mm-hmm. every activity. Um, you're trying to get your driver's license. You're trying to, like, there's just so much going on. Kids are trying to get their first jobs and earn money. Um, I just think it's a very difficult year. So my approach as a parent and my advice to other parents is, you know, anything you can do to make it easier on them, ways that you can support them is, you know, offering rides or, you know, letting them sleep in on that morning where they were, you know, up at rehearsal till two the night before, like cutting them some slack when you can, I think um, makes 11th grade bearable. Um, You know, let them have friends over to study with, let them, you know, take a night off when they need to, let them um, buy them an extra set of books so they don't have to lug them back and forth um, to school, like anything you can do. I remember getting my kids like, We'll buy the hardcover and we'll buy the Kindle because yes, you could read it on your phone on the bus and you could right like any those little things like it's a pretty small investment of money that can actually make a big difference to somebody's ability to get their work done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I think more of support. Um, I don't think kids need a lot of nagging in, in a, well ever, but I think <laughs> in, um, particularly in in eleventh and twelfth grade like. They're getting everywhere they go. Somebody's asking them, "What's next? Mm-hmm. What college are you going to apply to? Yeah, Where are you going to go? Exactly. What are you going to study? Gonna... What's your career going to be?" They're being asked nonstop. And that's hard. Oh, it's, it's terrible. Really and I remember my older kids just like avoiding any situation with, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the people from church or their family mm-hmm. or whatever because they knew they would be grilled about things that they didn't have answers for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some kids handle that with ease, and some kids get super stressed out by it. But it's not what anybody wants, you know, to be talking about all the time. So if your parents can just give you a little trust and a little space there, I think, and not constantly say, but what will you study? But where will you go? Let the process evolve a little more generically, or let them talk to someone else. Get them a counselor. I mean, I, I do this professionally, but I had counselors for my kids, right? Mm-hmm. Because they listen to someone else mm-hmm. so much <laughs> more than they listen to you, you, know, you know. right? Oh my god! And they oh god, they come home and say, "Oh, Daryl said blah blah blah." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, really? I've only said that four hundred times." Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to bring the um, stress level down. Oh, for sure. I. I in agreeing with you, and then also again going in a, in a slightly different direction, I think it's tough for parents to back off and to allow their children to do things um, that the parents might not agree with or they might see as being lazy. Right. Like, for example, you're talking about sleeping in or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. But it's really important because don't make it about yourself. 
as the parent. I think that's part of where that psychology yeah. is in yeah. that trying also as a parent think your way through is this about you or is this about them and I've run into so many kids over the years 10th, 11th especially 12th grade too where are you going what are you doing they do hide they don't want to go to functions right try to also be um, proactive and tell your friends please don't ask Susie that question <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, if you can if you can hold back just ask her anything else yeah don't ask that question it really makes a big difference ask about concerts that yeah. they've been to ask about all those other things yeah. but don't make it about yourself because your fear is you want your child to be successful don't back back up a little we, um because we both worked at, as admission officers being on the opposite side of it for example i remember going to my first college fair and he didn't want to approach the admission officer at the table and so I did, but I also said, you know, I'll ask the first set of questions. Maybe this will warm you up and get you ready. And by the second table, he took over. And so stepping back, taking a back seat, also let, let the student, 11th and 12th grade, take the lead. Even if you, there are questions you want to ask her, there are ways you like to phrase how they say it. <laughs> you know, that goes. Right. But um, let them... Do your best to let them right. run the process. I noticed colleges increasingly um, for tours and info sessions are splitting mm-hmm. the students and the parents mm-hmm. up. Right, Great Parents idea. get their own tour where they can ask all the mm-hmm. questions they want. Yeah. And kids you know, can have a more kind of relaxed experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, I, I think we can all learn from that. Like why do colleges think that's a better idea? <laughs> you know, because we can we can be a lot when we're stressed and we're trying to promote our kids and what, you know, it's hard to be, um, you know, non-embarrassing sometimes. That can be hard. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely agree with that. Let your kid take the lead whenever they can. I also think something we did with both my older kids is try um, – you know, a carpool equivalent for visiting colleges. Absolutely. Right? Let them go with friends Mm -hmm. and friends' parents to see that school, and then you take a buddy when you go to see the next school. Um, It just makes it more fun for them. They've got somebody else, a kid with Mm -hmm. them. Yes. And it just feels a little bit less like you are micromanaging every step they take. You let them, you know, go see a school where you're not there and come back and tell you what they thought. I'd like to throw one more thing in for 11th, 12th graders also, though, I'm not trying to be counter what you're saying. Oh, um, help them or encourage them to pursue either leadership or more responsible positions. But under the guise of, this could be a lot more fun for you. I think if you're in a program for yeah. two years or you're doing an activity for two years, sometimes it becomes the same old, same old. But if they have the opportunity to be able to take the lead, mm-hmm. it could be a lot more fun. It could be more challenging. Mm-hmm. And that angle as opposed to, well, when you get to college and applying to schools, this will be, you know, don't don't go there so much as, and if that does come up as a conversation, say, yes, this is beneficial if, uh, you know, if you do this, but try to frame it in a way that's not so, I'm going to tell you how it's going to be, and I'm going to tell you this is good for you if right. you're in the long run. Instead, right. what, what do they get out of it? What's their buy-in to doing that? Right. I think a parent saying, you need to be president of such and such mm-hmm. for your application is just definitely one way to suck the joy out of that experience right you know so i think you know express appreciation and pride when they like Mm -hmm. take on and do stuff Mm -hmm. but also um you know encourage them to kind of brainstorm with other role models in their life and not necessarily have it always have to be you right Mm -hmm. brainstorm with their guidance counselors or their teachers about how they can get more involved if if there's an activity that interests them um 
I mean, this is what we do with Girl Scouts, right? When they want to do the Gold Award, they have to go interview community leaders and find out what's needed, right? right. Mm -hmm. So they'll say like, oh, I'm interested in little kids. Well, then go talk to the people at the daycare center or the nursery school and ask them like, what are they missing? What do they need? What would be, you know, something that a kid could contribute mm -hmm. and come up with a project that way? So I think um, it's a tough one. That's a tough one to get a teenager to do. Um, but I think that's um, really beneficial and helps them get excited about a project if you can kind of get them to take that step. I agree with that, mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, I think through that you guys mentioned a few things that maybe parents shouldn't do, kind of micromanaging or putting too yeah. much stress on their children. So I'm hoping we can kind of go into that a little more. Maybe some of the biggest mistakes you made or that you've seen parents make and kind of what they should be trying to avoid so I mean I think the process has changed so much since when we applied I think that's the first thing that parents need to know is how different it is from what their own experience was right um, schools that were you know not competitive when we applied may now be in the single digits right so for them to um, understand the landscape when their kid is um, evaluating what schools will be on their list to kind of really get a sense of how challenging schools are. Do some research on your own. Mm -hmm. And I think I think uh, I satisfy, my husband satisfies a lot of our own like angst throughout the process by you know doing our own obsessing online, going through plowing through college websites and looking up for programs, or whatever, but not necessarily sharing all of that with the kids, right? Absolutely. Just like um, doing that research ourselves um, just to satisfy our own, like, yeah. Um, so knowing, understanding the landscape and knowing yeah. knowing kind of what the kids are, are looking at and how much the rules change, have changed, yes. how much SAT scores have mm -hmm. changed, technology. Um, expectations, technology. Like when we applied, you did pretty much have to be an athlete, right? Like mm -hmm. that was just mm -hmm. um, standard. Um, no longer the case, right? So don't force your kid to, to be on a sports team if that's not what they're into, that's not what they're good at. Um, same thing with musical instruments or, you know, like take stock of who your kid is. You know them better than anyone. Look at their strengths and look at what makes them happy and try to accentuate those things. Don't try to turn them into something that they are not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my biggest issue with parents, as a parent as well as as an admission officer, please stop listening to other parents. <laughs> I've heard so many stories that just don't make sense. Right. Mm -hmm. um, one of my students wanted to write a paper about, or write an essay letter to the admission office about her strengths and how great of a person she was because her friends were doing that. And I asked her, I said, isn't that what an interview is for? And she was like, oh. I said, yeah, you're going to give a scripted sheet to an admission officer who doesn't have any interaction just to see a sheet of paper but they're going to see you in the interview so some even small things like that where everyone's locked into this and so they share the information on blogs they convince other families that that's what happens and I ask kids please talk to the admissions people don't talk to other parents listen with half of an ear but if you hear something unusual go talk to someone if you're working with a consultant go talk to the consultant just say here's what I heard is this really true but if I could say anything to parents, please stop listening to parents. <laughs> it's, it is maddening when you when you come up against this, and it can really hurt in terms of the application process. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with Heather. Don't prescribe what you see. 
I always think of the common application. You know, back when we were kids, you had a copy right. and then send it to each school. Right. Now you just push a button. Right. And so the process has changed. You have Naviance, you have all these um, materials that can be used to help kids out. Understand how they work. And it's really important. Understand how they work and understand how the admissions process has changed and, and the landscape and all that. Actually, I mean, I had a bunch of things, but, <laughs> you know, I think that um, a lot of it is. Also, don't think that your child should pursue certain majors because they don't, mm-hmm. they'll never be successful. If they don't go to certain schools, they'll never be successful. And it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy in that you get caught up in everybody else's. Right. Um, and, and I'll speak to that, just real quick, I'll speak to that. When my son got into Pomona, you know I told everybody about Pomona. If they didn't know what school it was, look at U.S. News and World Report. And I was such, I was out there. But I was, but when I was an admission officer, I never thought I would be that person. Yeah. And as soon as it happened, yeah. please don't do that. I can say now, being on both sides of this, just um, try to look at the process, and again, as you and your husband have done, to be able to just keep it to yourselves. Yeah. You know, or don't share it with the kids. Right. Because it stresses them out even more. Right. When you try to impose upon them or oppress them. I'll right. Use that word instead. Right. Um, but mainly just. Stay focused on the process. Stay focused on your child. Yeah. Please don't listen to other people. Please don't let all this stuff uh, pile up. And I think try not to be rigid, right? This mm-hmm. Allow a certain kind of flexibility to your process because it is different for each person mm-hmm. a little bit. And each school has different, you know, preferences and requirements. And a major at one school may be really different at another school. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of be open um, and flexible. And... I think compromise, particularly about what the kid is going to study, is really important in keeping in perspective that, uh, you know, estimated around 35% of kids change what they're going to study mm-hmm. once they get to college. So, you know, it's not worth having, you know, a family world war mm-hmm. over what they're going to mark down Absolutely. as their major, right? And I think, you know, the kids can be a little flexible there too, right? There can be some compromise on both sides and, uh, you know, parents will say, well, I'm paying for it. I should get to decide what they're going to study. That's just a really bad strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, And like Chris said, you're not setting them up to be successful and happy um, if you don't, you know, listen and compromise and um, try to find ways that they can maybe explore what you think is a great idea for them, but also... Um, whatever their heart is telling them at the moment too and I just remember um, a lot of conversations like this that my husband and I had um, just the two of us after the kids would go to bed or when they weren't in the room and we you know I'd say oh I really think x school is a great fit for her and he would say well keep it to yourself (laughs) and I'd say I'm just telling you and he'd say well good here's what I you know back and forth kind of talk about it with each other Uh, to get it out of our system because of course like we care so much about this process and wanting them to you know reach their potential and find happiness and thrive and you know we want all those great things for our kids and um, there's no one way for them to get there there's no one path they have to take so you know get it out of your system when they're not in the room (laughs) and then be flexible about the process as it as it unfolds yeah. yeah, especially I know like when I was applying, I was so stressed just from outside stressors and where my friends are applying, sure. what school is the source. good school and, you know, getting that also from your parents, you know, your kid has high enough standards on their own. Right. You know? right. right. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, bottom line is try to make it easier on them and try to be supportive. Yeah. Um, 
any time that you and you will have fights with them through this process. Right. Like there will be fights. That's right. um, but I think when you reach those conflict points, like step back and ask yourself, okay, how can I make this easier? Mm-hmm. Instead of how can I be right? Uh, how can I get my way? How can I make them do what I want them to do? Instead, step back and say, like, what's going to make this moment easier? Um, what's some flexibility or some compromise that we can propose? Um, and I think that that's appropriate on all the different aspects of applying to college. Like, Absolutely. you want them to see this school and they want to see that school, you know, try to do both. Yeah, right? Um, so I think flexibility and, and, you know, lean on some outside mentors. Get yourself mm-hmm. an admissions mm-hmm. consultant, talk to the school guidance counselor, yeah. have your kids talk to their teachers, um, try to make sure that they have other mentors in the process besides just you yeah absolutely that's key yeah completely key yeah i think one of the last things i'm really curious about is since you guys are in the business you guys worked as admissions officers kind of how this changed your perspective when you were helping your kids through and then maybe what knowledge you have because of that that you would wish that other parents would know this is a hard one for me i i I, I was thinking about this question. This is a hard one for me because since we both had been in for so long, um, it was a really easy process for us. While there are schools we might have agreed upon, um, how we did it, how we worked it out, um, the roles that both parents played, both my my, um, my ex and I played, everything worked. Um, And Quinn came through the process really happy. We had a number of just throwaway schools no, I'm not even with that. Yale was one of them we went to. I was living in New Haven. I said, let's go see Yale. Let's look at and take a tour. Yeah. He had no intentions of going. And we all were cool with that. But it's just, I don't know. Um, we, I don't know. It's, it seemed to work itself out. And again, having grown up on a college campus, everything was right in front of them. Um, I'd offer to families just what we've been saying this whole time. Do your due diligence. Uh, work with your child. Mm-hmm. Having other people help is not against you. It's a great way to do it. Um, just because I've been doing this for 30 years, and my mom was a school nurse and would turn me on to her friends. They talked to Christopher about colleges. And I was that person who wasn't the parent talking to the kids, and it worked out really, really well for everybody. Um, I think these are great suggestions to use if I would say anything, get more people involved in the process. And there's nothing against the parents, it doesn't mean you're not capable, it just means that you're able to share. Your child's experience with everyone. I think for me, um, my admissions experience, one of the main things it's taught me is how many amazing schools there are, right? That there's not just one or ten schools that really are great. Like, our country is full of amazing opportunities for college and um, great variety. So, I think something that I've learned as an admissions expert that I apply as a parent is just that sense of the range and then and you know kids should think about what kind of school is good for them and then put those kinds of schools on their list it shouldn't be based on reputation or right it should be based on like what is the kind of educational experience they want to have so I think that's um, something I definitely learned through the process and you know ways ways to reduce the stress like will depend on your kid and mm-hmm. their personality um, 
with my first one, um, she did not want us to know where she was applying to school in the end. Like we did all the, but we, at the end we gave her the credit card and said, okay, go push the button on the ones that you're applying to. Mm -hmm. And that, um, you know, gave her like chance to take a breath and say, okay, they really trust me. Mm -hmm. um, our next one was so stressed about the whole process in, in general that we made her apply to a rolling admission school really early so that she had been accepted in October and it changed her whole outlook on life. Like, ah, I will be going to college somewhere. We called it the temple effect because uh, it was it was Temple University. And she, uh, the whole house was happier after that, right? Because um, she knew that she could succeed in the process. So I do often recommend that for people to like look Look for a school that is, you know, a fit or a safety for you. You feel pretty confident you can get in and apply really early. Mm -hmm. uh, something that's kind of rolling admissions so that you can get an early answer and then um, it kind of changes your, your whole edge um, at that point on. So, you know, it's different for different kids and you have to um, have that flexibility to, to respond. I love that. I like that. Uh, the temple effect it changed our lives. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But it's, but it's true. Once the first acceptance comes in, it's like okay, way down. Yeah, okay. Fast. I will go to college. I will. This will mm -hmm. be okay. Life will. It'll be okay. Yeah. I haven't screwed everything up, you know, because um, you know it. The parents know that it. Like right from our just age of experience, we know things will be okay, right? Um, no matter how badly the admissions process may go in the end for an individual kid they'll survive it. They will come out on the other end. They will find their place. If it's a gap year, if it's reapplied, like it can get, be messy for a couple of years, but it will be okay. But they don't see that, you know? So um, any way you can show them that it will be yes, okay, I think is, okay. Yeah. is good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes me feel good because I remember just how stressed I was and feeling that relief of getting my first acceptance. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, just having that support from family and friends of no matter what happens, you know, it'll, it'll be, be okay. fine. It will be. It yeah. will be. Um, and, you know, if you've got parents who are listening to podcasts like this, you know, they care about you and they're going to, you know, they're going to support you through the process. Yes. And yes. so I think, you know, um, not to say you won't disagree and you won't cry and you won't fight and you won't, like yeah. all of that will happen. But you know, it'd probably happen if you weren't applying to college too. So sorry, <laughs> it's just part of, part of like working stuff out as as they grow up. So um, you know, it's a it's a hard time, but I also think it's a time where you really see your kids um, as adults for the first yes. time. You yes. see them kind of as people who are going to make their own decisions, and um, that's pretty cool. So I think there are things to enjoy about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm saying that with a, quite a few years <laughs> distance from the right. experience, and right. I may not feel this way next year when my youngest is in 11th grade. But I, I do, I do think there are there are positives that come out mm -hmm. of the process. Oh, there are a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much. I think this was all really helpful. I know I learned a bunch about thinking about oh, did my parents do that? Or like, what could I have done differently when I was younger? Um, never never look back. Yeah, Just that's, true. that's true. That's true. Think of how great you'll be for your own kids. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really hope that any parents or students that are listening to this really got something out of this. Um, so yeah, thank you both so much. Thanks, Thanks for having us. This was great.
Just a quick note for our listeners, our next episode will be featuring Zach Harris, one of our former admissions officers who's worked at Regis College, Bowdoin, Johns Hopkins, George Washington University. And on the next episode, he's going to be doing a Q&A. So you can send in your questions to us. I will put my email down below, or you can see our social media. So definitely submit your questions to get answered by Zach Harris. And if our students and parents are looking for any more information, maybe tips for campus visits or just more parent tips in general, check out our blog, which I'll link below. There's a ton of helpful information there. And as always, if you have any questions or would like to request a topic for a future episode, go ahead and give us a follow and send us a message on our social media. That's at Ingenious Prep Everywhere. That's all for now. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office. Mm-hmm.